Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Hello everybody. Don't know why I'm speaking with an Italian accent. I mean, you don't know why you do any of these things any week, do you? No. There's no way you could ever possibly plan ahead. I mean, I haven't even seen the episode. How can I know? <laughs> I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. Today we watched episode 11 of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, part 3, Stardust Crusaders, The Emperor and the Hanged Man, part 2. Or as I like to call it, the finishing of almost everyone's plot holes. Yeah, a lot of well, plot lines. Plot, yeah, sure, plot lines, let's call it that. <laughs> Very different things. Yeah. Uh, this covers uh, chapters 143 through 146 of the manga. Yeah, uh, that tracks. Yep, yep. And uh, in a new feature as of last week, serialised in volume 16, it had Ooh. this author's note. Ooh, here we go, here we go. The words of wisdom from Hirohiko Araki. I'm listening. People often say that prostitution is the world's <laughs> oldest profession. Well, that's what I learned in history class, at least. For those of you who don't know what prostitution is, ask your father. <laughs> but is it really the oldest profession? I found an even older one. I can't prove it, but I bet it goes way back. That profession is the storyteller who tells scary stories to be continued in the next volume. What? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey guys, I found an even older profession. I bet it's older. I don't know if it is, but I reckon it's older. Hey kids, in my serialized comic for children, ask your what parents. do you think about prostitutes? Ask your parents about prostitution. Tell them that Araki sent you. Where did you hear this, son? I heard it from Araki. Oh, well, in that case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Nick, what do you think the oldest profession is? Um, uh... Like, legally speaking, or just as... Nick, hey, there are no wrong answers. Now, that's just blatantly untrue. Uh, well, I want to say that the oldest profession would have to be something along the lines of uh, something to do with institutions. Maybe Ist Institutions? Yes, institutions. So maybe prostitution. I don't know what you're saying. Neither do I. Are these words? No. Are you, okay. God, no. I'm going to guess hunter-gatherer. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to guess communicator. Hmm. Yeah. Translator. Yeah. Animal husband. Uh, fish. Single cell anemia. Sickle cell anemia. Sickle cell anemias. That is the world's oldest profession. We open where we left off last time. Abdel's dead. Whole horse is gloating. Like a dick. He's like, well, the end of the someone's life is usually a pretty sudden curtain call. It's probably normal for someone to die without being able to say goodbye. Dick. And I like what's happening in this scene, because... Kakyoin is there now. Yep. Uh, and of course, uh, sent, well, the Hanged Man is there. Uh, Centerfold slash Jay Guile is around. He's somewhere. And Whole Horse is there. And the bad guys are clearly trying to rile up Polnareff and make him lose his temper and overextend himself yep. and get himself killed. And Kakyoin is acting as the voice of reason, being like, hey, this is bad. We're outmatched. We need to get away and regroup with our pals. Don't fall into the trap of being an angry French man. Yeah. Run and away. Having been crying, I also really like the animation on Polnareff's eyes. Mm. A animation, art, whatever, where they're sort of red and raw. Yeah, I was going to say they're like slightly pinkish. Yeah. Because he's just been crying. Mm -hmm. It's good shit. And that's not something you often see, especially in this anime, mm. where, you know, that's a physiological reaction. They're normally like, tears! Yeah. And then they're just fine. Yeah. Whereas this is like, oh, it's a bit longer lasting. And Polnareff is literally steaming with anger <laughs> in a couple of these shots. So good. The rain can't even hit him. Ooh. Avdo cruelly stabbed in the back. My sister was killed without resistance. How can I let this stand? Stand. Get it. Get it. Because he has a stand that will kill people. 
Yeah, so whole horse is like, come on, pole pole coon. <laughs> Doing finger guns. Little pole pole, come on. Yep. This way. Trying to trying to goad him, and then Kakyoin's like, no, let's steal that truck and get out of here. I just love that in this scene, we haven't seen the truck, and then Kakyoin goes, No, with this truck. We're like, gonna use what? that truck and get out of here. Like, we are piecing what? out. I, hot wiring it? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what's the legal driving age in Japan? I don't know. Uh would Kakuin have ever driven? No one before? drives in Japan. There is too much traffic. Hey, good joke. Good yeah. joke. Stole that from Futurama. Nice. But yes, long story short, Polnareff's going to get very angry. Polnareff gets very angry when the Hanged Man is taunting him. The Hanged Man is in a reflection, crawling out of the reflection of the puddle in that reflection. My God, reflection. Yeah, reflection. Yeah, reflection. Why not? That's not what. Inception means though in the fiction though, but now, <laughs> like I, that's it's a it's a weird little like nitpicky thing qualm that I have. But like in Inception, Inception doesn't refer to dreams being within dreams. It's no. the idea of going into dreams within dreams to implant ideas in someone. No, Inception is just putting the idea in someone's head to, to make them think they had it. Yeah, but. Everyone now is just like, oh, so it's when you're in something else. Yeah. No, no, that's meta. That's Russian nesting dolls. Yeah. That's nested logic, you fool. Back about Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> yep. The Hanged Man does a lot of... He does a lot of this in this episode. Walking up behind Polnareff, standing behind him and putting his hand on his neck so that you can see the fingerprints on non-reflected Polnareff. Now, I'm assuming that this has something to do with his sister. Possibly. What do you mean? So... When his sister died, were there marks on her neck where the hangman had grabbed her? Or was it just like... I don't think so. I think he's just trying to intimidate him with his physicality. Yeah, true. But I think she was choked. There you go. There you go. Because if she was choked out, that means that he's like, Hey, look, it was my hands. True, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I've died for you. I think that means you owe him. But don't worry, I'm going to kill you. You can be together with him and your sister again soon. She was really cute. And then the steam erupts into, like, fire, and Polnareff loses his temper and smashes the mirror, creating more More shards. Oh, no. How ironic. And he's like, your stand can't enter a mirror. I'll destroy you. (laughs) Hull horse, shoot him. I think you'll find that your stand cannot enter a mirror. Look, guys, it's me, Jay Guile. (laughs) A.K.A. Centerfold. Oh, no. He's actually the biggest nerd of okay, the show. Okay, so that's his voice now. Yeah. Whole horse, on being told to shoot him, is doing like weird finger guns again. And he goes, aye, aye, sir. And then pulls his emperor into his hand and fires a shot. He really loves finger guns. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you if you were a cowboy with a magical mind gun? Yes. Now, this is good. We get super slow-mo again, like last mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, a bullet is heading towards Polnareff. Mm-hmm. Hanged man is behind him in the mirror with his sword plunging towards him. And he's like, oh no, I'm done for. Again. This is it. No one's going to tackle me to save me this time. Oh no. And, and then, then... Emerald splash. Kakyoin uses his special technique <laughs> and aims it at Polnareff to knock him out of the way. <gasps> Fortunately, it doesn't seem to do a lot of damage to people, so he's fine. It's a very weak stand, but it's enough to tackle It's someone. such a quick, frenetic action sequence, too, where the Emerald Splash hits Polnareff, he flies away, everyone's like... <gasps> and then we see Kakyoin speeding down the road in that truck with the door open. He grabs Polnareff's hand as he drives past, pulls him in, and they just speed off. I just love the sheer manliness of the action yeah. as well, because Kakyoin's like, grab my hand. And yeah. then 
Polnareff is just there like friendship my friend and then bam yeah manliness secured <laughs> apparently he's a really good driver yeah I has he ever driven a car before not that we've seen weird but you know that's generally the rules in stand theft auto standard theft auto the stand theft auto oh, stand theft auto please Nick oh no I need to get more stand puns into my jokes this at this point whole horse initially takes aim at them mm-hmm. but then he he you know puts his gun away and says something that I find really interesting for what it implies about his weapon oh yeah says, no this is good yeah. that's out of my stand's range even if I hit them from here the bullet wouldn't have much force which means that so as he goes further away that means that he has a gun stand that's designed to be used fairly close at close range yeah that's that's cool in a sort of like making it most suited for cowboy style quick draw standoffs I think yeah. where it's literally like okay I have one use for this and that is quick draw quick draw perfect accuracy because I control the bullets mm. and uh yeah he can't hit it he's not a sniper yeah this is why I didn't kill you from 30 miles away <laughs> it's beautiful that's neat though I, don't, I haven't played as whole horse in all-star battle much or I don't haven't played eyes of heaven but I wonder if he has a distance mechanic on his his projectiles in there mm. Maybe he does. Who knows? Maybe he has bullet drop. Yeah. Well, but he can control them. Okay. No OP this week. No OP, which made me very sad. Because I was going to see if I could still see Abdol in the OP. Oh, yeah. Because I think I mentioned that if Abdol's dead, he shouldn't be in the OP. I mean, I think that's a weird argument to make, especially considering people like... Polnareff were in it before they were introduced. Yeah, but he's still alive. And he's in this Or bit. is he? He's alive on the outside. <laughs> so they drive off. Yes. Now that they have a moment, Polnareff is reflecting on his actions. Ex- hey. He's experienced character growth. No pun intended. Oh. I was hoping it was. <laughs> I thought I didn't care if I died so long as I got revenge. But now I understand how Avdol felt. I won't let his feelings go to waste. I'll fight to keep living. And Kakuin's like, oh, you understand now. Yeah, I think I understand. And elbows him in the face. Elbows him in, like, right in the center of the face, really hard. I just fucking love the shot where we don't even get a lead into it. He's got those black dead eyes. Yeah, we don't even get a lead into it, but he's got black dead eyes and his elbow is just hammering into it with his arm slightly right into the nose. And he's just like, take that as instead of an apology. Take take that instead of a handshake to prove we've made up. It's like, thank you, Kakuine. I'm so happy. Oh. <laughs> oh, aren't they such good friends? So together. Yeah. There's a brief shot of the Jojos finding Avdol. And they're like, oh no, he's dead. Shit. In this entire episode, I don't think Jotaro's eyes are seen clearly <laughs> no. once. They're just in that black dead region. Yeah, he's got so much shadow under his hat. Ah, <sighs> damn it, that stylish, stylish hat. Back in the car, the gang... The, the gang, the two guys who were following this episode. Yeah, the two dudes. Are trying to strategize about how the hanged man works. And Polnareff's like, I'm sure I stabbed him when I hit that mirror, but I didn't hit him because I didn't hear it, feel any resistance. What's going on there? And as he's talking, he just sort of casually reaches up to the rear view mirror and snaps it off and throws it out the window. And he's like, hmm. I love how Kakuin responds with, there's no mirror world. Yeah, well, how okay. am I supposed to attack him if he's in some kind of mirror world? No, Polnareff, there's no mirror world. That's not how reality works. But what... I mean, it could be. There's stands, right? Nope. No. He just refuses to believe in the mirror world despite stands and... <laughs> you don't understand, Polnareff. There's no such thing as a mirror world. It's called the ether. 
Okay. Yeah, I feel, I, no, I feel like Kakuin is leaping to some conclusions. Even though he turns out to be right, yeah. he's leaping to some conclusions here because he doesn't know how everything about the universe. Well, I mean, to be fair, he's a well-educated guy. He talks about how reflections are just light bouncing off surfaces, and he's right. Hmm. But then how does he exist in the mirror? Unless there's some kind of mirror world. Well, it turns out that his stand is just made of light. Ah. Ah. He's like, hmm. Stand, it's a fact that stands defeat other stands, so there's something we don't know. And then we see a small glint in the corner of the screen, and he looks down, and in the metal parts that are on the steering wheel, he sees the reflection of the hanged man crawling into the truck bed. And then Kakuin's uh, like, shit. Shit, better crash the car. <laughs> so he he's... slams on the brake, spins the wheel, they spin out... <laughs> Flip into the air upside down by an oasis tree. Yeah, I think. Take that reflections. <laughs> and he just like starts crawling out. He's like, "Are you okay, Kakuin?" He's like, "Yeah, look, I'm. I hurt my chest. I'll be fine. Got, got some internal bleeding, yep. but that's okay. The blood's meant to stay on the inside, right?" Polnareff's just there, like, "Great, now you know how I feel when you elbowed me in the face and Emerald splashed me." <laughs> Come on, let's get away from the reflections as quickly as humanly oh, yeah, possible. He sees like a little beam of light jump from another part of the car into the bumper that's in front of him. And then he, and he understands. He cuts the bumper, but he perceives the stand secret. They jump behind a rock and they're like, okay, let's take off everything reflective we have. So the idea behind it is that he jumps from reflective surface to reflective surface. Yes. Which is neat. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Because it means he doesn't live in a mirror world, but he does live on mirrors. As yeah. if they are inhabiting some kind of world, which is weird. <laughs> but his stand is light. Yes. Which is interesting. Light hanged man. Because he doesn't have a colour, he's just light. I mean, yeah, the colour. What is his colour? You can see him in the reflection, he's like greenish. Green hanged man. Oh, he's not in his name, yeah. yeah. At some point they just dropped that. Oh. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, if all stand names... Is this names the, first, is the first one? Ebony Devil, uh, Yellow Temperance... The Emperor. Yeah, I think Emperor and Hangman might be the first ones we encounter that don't have Colours. an associative colour. Yeah, interesting. Maybe he just went, yeah... Yeah, I... There's only so many colours I can think of. Off the of. top of my head, I can't really remember if any of the future ones do have a colour. Damn. That sucks. I, one or two of them have another word. They aren't just the tarot name. But mm. Big. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> you get to Dio and it's like, I am the big devil. <laughs> you fought the devil? Well, check it out. I'm the double devil. <laughs> it's just two of those puppets. Every Jojo part from then, I was like, I am the second hanged man. <gasps> oh, really? The second, and then... Well, you'd end up with, um... You know how Japanese fighting games have really ludicrous names? Yeah. Like, Continuum Shift, Extend, Double oh, Reverb... Yes. Double yes. Reverb Edition. God! It's like every Capcom Street Fighter. Yeah. Super Alpha Ultra Hyper Edition. You'd get that with stand names. <laughs> Super Alpha Ultra Hanged Man yeah. 2, the second, <gasps> 4. Calypso Backdraft Edition. <laughs> Calypso Backdraft? Yeah. Oh, no. Total eclipse of the heart hanged man. <laughs> so they hide behind a rock and this kid comes up and is like, hey guys, you, you were just in a car accident. Are you okay? And Polnareff, Do you want some medicine? I think Polnareff looks into his eyes and then notices a glint in his eye and he's like, oh no, it's reflective. And there he is, the hanged man. Yeah, he's in his eye and he's laughing in the eye. 
And he's like, hey kid, don't look at us. And the kid's like, hey, but you're hurt. And they're like, no, I'm fine, but you're bleeding. No, just go away, kid. Look, you've seen us. We're fine now. Fuck this is off. the most helpful passerby we've ever seen in JoJo. <laughs> and it's just the worst possible time for it. It's like, but you guys need medical assistance. Look, kid, we don't need your medical assistance. <laughs> yeah, do you even have your first aid certificate, kid? You fucking child. Like, yeah. You guys are really ageist. We're not ageist. You just have a reflective eye, like all humans. In the reflection, once again, the hanged man is standing behind Polnareff and gloating. And he's like, what are you going to do, Polnareff? You're going to stab this kid in the eye? I don't think so. <laughs> Polnareff's like, yeah, no, I don't think so either. So he kicks. Uh, well, first, oh. there's important speeches. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> Kakyoin is like, what a coward. This is unforgivable. That's how Kakyoin speaks now. Yep. And then Polnareff is like, oh, Jay oh, Giles oh. laughing. And then Polnareff starts laughing. And he's like, don't worry. I have the speech if you would like. <gasps> yes. Hey, Kakuin, you don't say things like that in this kind of situation. Listen, in situations like this, you've got to say something more like this before you get your revenge. My name is Jean-Pierre Pondreff. For my sister's honour, and so that my friend Avdol can rest in peace, I'm going to hurl you into the depths of despair, Jay Guile. Because of the way the subtitles break up, it stops after I'm going to hurl you. And my first instinct is always to think he's going to say, I'm going to hurl you into the sun. <laughs> To be fair, we've already had one person fly into space. Mm. Now, I told you that in this bit, when all this was happening, I thought, if Polnareff stabs the kid... That's going to be, be a dark moment. Yeah, but like, he'll get his revenge. I don't understand why they didn't just grab the kid and turn him around. Or force his eyes shut. Yeah, well, that's what they do. That's what because Polnareff dramatically kicks sand into the kid's eye. Better than stabbing his eyes out. And as that glint of light jumps from the kid's eye... Into Polnareff's eye as the kid's eye closes. Mm -hmm. He slashes with Silver Chariot. And we see in Polnareff's eye, the Hanged Man is wounded. Ooh. He's figured out the trick. Yes. He's Dark Souls. I've solved your stand puzzle. That's it. Problem solved. Zachtronics game completed. <laughs> so he explains that because the Hanged Man moves at the speed of light, he's too fast to hit when he's jumping from reflection to reflection. Mm -hmm. But if you know exactly where he's going, you can... You know, you've got a better shot. Yeah, you basically can hit him. Yeah, then it's basically just a quick time event. Yeah, you just put your sword there and wait. Yeah. And then he'll come right to you. And we hear a scream from some nearby ruins? Town? I think it's more like a... Temple? A, yeah. No, not really. Well, shanty. It was a big stone structure and there was like a market structure in it. Yeah. It's not a fun place. <laughs> oh, that it looked alright. It was full of beggars. Yeah, I mean, that's why it doesn't look like a fun place is because it's just filled with beggars. And they run up and they're like, we finally meet Centiphon. He's this very handsome looking Indian man who's breathing heavily because he's got a big cut down his centre. Ah, that's an odd looking man. And Polnareff walks up to him and starts monologuing. And again, my name is Jean-Pierre Polnareff. It's very sort of Inigo Montoya where he keeps declaring his name. You're the man with two right hands, you motherfucker. <laughs> I've seen through your stand secret. It's a stand of light that moves at incredible speed. There's no way I can catch it. But if I know where it's, right, where it's going to go and I slash at its trajectory in that moment, I can slash you too. <laughs> That's very like, if I know where you're going to be, I can hit you with my sword. And then that cuts things. <laughs> character development. Mm -hmm. If Kakuin and Avdol hadn't shown up, I probably wouldn't have figured, out that, figured that out and you would have killed me. Whoa, admission. And then... Kakuin is like, Polnareff, he doesn't have two right hands. That's not the guy. A knife hits Polnareff in the back. <gasps> and we break. To ads. Yes. So that wasn't the guy. That was the wrong person. So Polnareff, this guy just got wounded, presumably by 
the hangar. A reflection he couldn't see. Yeah. And then, while he's lying there, trying not to die, this weirdo just runs up to him and starts talking about vengeance and, and light. He's just like, okay, look, I, I'm, I'm just here. terrified like, right now. I did not sign up for this shit. Can I, like, seriously Can just I have a minute? Can I just go to the hospital, please? You got, like, a bandage or, like, some stitching I can use? Because mm. this is, like, an open wound. This I is gaping. Don't speak Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> You know, look, I get that we're all unilingual on this, like, great adventure, but holy shit, bro, from neck to waist, I have been cut open. It's not a good time. Can you just give me a bit? Can you just give me some whiskey and I'll give you some advice? <laughs> so in the title card break, mm-hmm. it's uh, Stand Emperor, Stand Master, Whole Horse. And we don't get a photo of the actual guy. We just get yeah. a photo of his gun. Yeah. Which is interesting. And the reason I bring this up specifically is because... I have the Jojonium Volume 10 note on Hull Horse. Or at least excerpts of it, because it's quite long. So feel free to interrupt at any point. Okay, here we go. In part three, the Joestar group goes on a journey and visits different places where they run into different stand users with different abilities. In order to bring out the personalities of the different stand users, I needed to think about how to introduce them and how the story would flow. Since it's a long manga, I needed to make sure the readers don't get bored with it. So I always take time to balance my storytelling. The same is true with Hull Horse. I designed him in a way so that he would be completely different from the previous stands in both appearance and ability. Since there had been a chain of one-on-one battles, I decided to bring out a stand user duo next. What if I had made Whole Horse appear at a different point? Depending on the balance, he may have become the shortest lone gunman in existence. <laughs> he's just, like, a really short dude. I think he means his time would have been short. Oh. Oh, okay. I was just thinking, like, he's the shortest lone gunman. How tall is he? Three That's feet. That's a good character concept for, like, a, um... A D&D character, like a gnome gunman. Well, I'm thinking... And that almost rhymes with lone gunman, so I like that. So he's like three feet tall, he has like a tiny gun, he always... He just wants to be taken seriously. but no one ever will. Hey, hey, you. Oh, you're so cute. Fuck you. (laughs) When Karkuin and Polnareff both appeared, they were under Dio's control, but I had planned for them to join the party. This wasn't the case with Hull Horse, but he ended up becoming an enemy character who made me feel that it might be okay to let him join the team. He's an outlaw gunman, an essential element of the westerns I love, and he's got a unique atmosphere to him, so I thought it'd be a waste to get rid of him so soon. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. Because as we see at the end of the episode, he escapes to fight another day. Bastard. Well, not really, he's interesting. But, bastard. He, oh, he's definitely a bit of a bastard. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that is true. But, you know, he does know how to treat everyone with respect <laughs> and integrity. He's a fun-loving guy. Just wants to shoot out a few cans. Sleep with a few ladies. Fuck horses. <laughs> My precious antique cans. <laughs> My cans. <laughs> oh, that's such a funny joke. Can we, can we watch that after this? <laughs> the Simpsons. Yeah, just, just, yeah. <laughs> Destruction of antique cans. <laughs> you just see whole horse. He just has the one bullet go through every can. Mm. He's like, my cans. It's the uh, it's the old guy who pointed out whole horse and Jake R last week. <laughs> just comes back. He's like, my cans. What just my cans? Whole horse is like, uh, all right. Old I'm man. running away because I love you. <laughs> he just he picks up the woman. He's like, come on, dollface, let's go. And then he's just the old man, my daughter, my precious, precious antique, antique daughter. daughter. 
<laughs> her gams. Her precious <laughs> antique gams. It's like every single thing he takes just belongs to this leg. old man. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're back in the episode. Kakuin pulls that knife out of Polnareff's back. He's fine. That's I don't understand. such an inconsequential wound. Like, I don't understand. Half of the wounds that everyone takes in this series is either completely life-threatening, like a gunshot to the head, mm-hmm. or, oh no, I've been sliced head to toe. Yeah. Look at these scratches on my body. It's just a flesh wound. Yeah. So, you know, speed of plot. It's yep. all what it is, you know. Uh, the real Jay Guile reveals himself, <gasps> and he's hideous. He is a blind... I don't disturbing... think he's blind. He just has weird eyes. But he looks blind. He doesn't have any pupils. Yeah, I think he just has weird eyes, because he can see them and he can run around later. That is true, he can. Not that blind people can't run around, but... Whoa, what are you saying about blind people? I mean, you know, he seems fairly confident in his movements. Okay, alright. Maybe he's just, like, Daredevil. No, he did run straight into that big iron gate. Ah, so maybe he is blind. Also, he runs very strangely. I mean, everyone does. Very daintily, like a coward. He's got the two right hands, he's got sort of weird warty skin... It's kind of like a burn victim mixed with a turnip. <laughs> like, his head... That's a, that's a nice word picture. Like, his head is just, like... It has a point at the top, and then it comes down... He might have, like, pointy goblin ears, too. I can't quite remember. Yeah, it's a weird look. Weird guy. Doesn't look quite human. Missing a lot of teeth. Kind yes, of like that, a, that's important, too. Like a nasher, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. So, they're like, oh no, it's Jay Guile. Let's get him. And so they do. And he's like, ah, that guy's just a drifter. I stabbed him for disguise purposes. <laughs> and they're like, you stabbed the drifter guy so that... Shit, I mean, man, credit, you're unlucky. Credit where it's due. I mean... Good, good, good strat. Yeah, good dedication, but Jesus Christ, man. that He's just a random dude. Kakuin starts powering up an Emerald Splash, but then Jay Guy's like, no, no, stop, wait. All you beggars, get over here. These guys are going to give you money. Yeah, it's like one of those barely comedic moments mm. where it's not quite comedic yet, but he's like, you who guys, these guys are going to give you free money and right now. And they all take his word for it. And they're all like, what free money? <laughs> They'll give us money for nothing? A lot of them look at, like, you might expect like people who have lived really rough, beggar- beggarly lives to look like, but there's this one old man with this big beard and this Full turban teeth. on, and he just oh. looks so wholesome. He's just like completely square teeth. And when they're approaching, lips. yeah, he's got a really square face too. That's and when amazing. they're approaching, he's like, "Oh, you have such big hearts." <laughs> he's my favorite of the beggars. <laughs> What's his name? His name is unnamed. Yes, his name is Daryl Braithwaite. Daryl Braithwaite. Who is that? The that that's someone. Daryl Braithwaite. Daryl Braithwaite horses? What? Oh, he's a singer. Ah, yeah. Okay, that tracks for Jojo then. Yeah, he's an Australian singer. There you go. Okay. Now give us money. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the money. Give us give us the money now, please. Uh, I'm seeing a problem with all these beggars, though. Because they all have eyes. <gasps> They're human. How dare you. It's a cunning <laughs> plan. And, you know, Jay Gile is sitting off to the side during all this, but he's speaking through his stand in their eyes, and he's like, You think you've seen through my stand? You're full. I know about its weakness. If there are lots of surfaces, you can't guess its trajectory, and then you can't hit me. What are you going to do? Blow them all up? And he starts talking about how Polnareff wasted his youth hunting him, and now he's going to fail, and it's so sad. And then he starts talking about how, I'm going to keep living, I'm going to keep meeting cute girls and having fun. Which isn't is exactly really, what I call what he's doing. Yeah, really odd usage of the word, I'm going to get with cute girls. Mm. Of all the possible girls that he's going to get with, I don't think they're going to be cute. But also the fact that 
it sounds like from his perspective, he's just having a great time. Whereas from everyone else's perspective, he's a monster. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to get with some cute girls or I'll eat their faces. Mm. Oh, it's going to be so good. And then he starts talking about how Polar F's sister was really good at sobbing, which is gross. (laughs) It's dark. It is dark. It's a a turn. Yeah. Polar F is losing his composure and he's like, oh, why are you? That's it. We can't win. Kakyoine. Being Kakyoin is like, oh, here's a moment where I can say something cool and reverse what Polarev said to me earlier. Hang on, guys. I got this. Polarev, that's not what you say here. When taking revenge, you shouldn't say, why you? You should say this. My name is Noriaki Kakyoin. To avenge my, avenge my friend Avtol, and so that the soul of my friend Polarev's sister may rest in peace. And then he pulls out a big gold coin in slow motion. <gasps> I'll have you pay f- pay with your life. And Get then- it, because money. Oh. Ah, true that. And then he holds the coin and is like, I'll give this gold coin to whoever picks it up. It's so shiny, you can see your face in it. And so he flicks it up. Man, I'm so glad our protagonists can exploit the poor underclass to win their battles. <laughs> well, hey I, guess, I guess he started it. Hey guys, first one to gash out that guy's eyes wins. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'll give you this big, old, big gold coin if you just all go and beat up that guy over there. They'll just run at him and he's like, uh, uh fuck it, I'll murder them as well. Yeah. So he flips the coin into the air, and all their eyes follow it. <gasps> what? That and he's like, it. looks like all their eyes are focused on one point now. We know the trajectory. And Polarif goes, Mercy, Kakyoin. And then he does this movement. Because he's French. Where he's standing, and he sort of thrusts both of his arms forward in fist motions. And somehow that kicks up a heap of dust. What? <laughs> does he? Yeah. He goes, Whoa. And then all the dust goes, and we we get slow mo close ups as the dust fills the eye that the hanger man is currently in. <laughs> and he's like, closing, 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 jump. He does do that, doesn't he? Yeah, that's weird. And he has to jump to that reflective shiny coin because that's what they're all looking. At. And there you go. He jumps up to the reflective coin, and silver chariot appears to intercept. Big slice down the center of the hanged man, which appears on Jay Guile over there too. And alas, that's it. The, ha- the coin falls. The hanged man is gone. One of those beggars can- could afford to eat. Maybe afford to eat. We don't know the exact denomination of the coin. Of a gold coin. Yeah. Made of real gold. Is it? <laughs> you know how you buy a gold coin to see if it's real gold? That's how you get food. You just eat the gold coin. So one of those uh, chocolates that are wrapped looks like gold coins. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like real gold foil. Who cares about gold foil chocolate, bro? So having been sliced up, Centerfold does a runner. He's uh he's freaking out of it. He's they very sort of, daintily. They saunter up behind him and they're like, "Wow, Centerfold, looks like you're the one who's really good at sobbing." Because <laughs> he's run he's run and he's encountered this big iron gate that he can't get open. So he's he's trapped between them and it. A rock and a hard place. Well, you're about to fall to hell, sobbing all the way down. But there's one thing I can't rely on the guardians of hell to do for me, and that's to turn you into a pincushion. We have some good one-liners on this show. This is not one of them. And Polarev, full of righteous anger, manifests Silver Chariot and just goes to town with six stab motions. I'm pretty sure, like, every bone in his body basically gets broken in the yeah. process. He shouts that he's been waiting years for this moment, which has got to feel good, I guess. It's probably a bit cathartic, yeah. And then he stabs him in the tongue and then somehow uses that momentum to fling him into the air. I just thought he stabbed him and then... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And then just like a pancake. Yeah, it's one of your, one of your um, classic launcher moves in a mm, fighting game. Exactly. 
It's a good Tekken play. And then he lands head down. At first I thought he was impaled on the iron gate, but then later we see a shot from the other side and he's yeah. not. Yeah. It's just that, you know, he's dead. He's just upside down, dead in a headstand. He's gone. And sad piano music starts playing and he's like, I'll leave the rest to King Yama. Now, who is King Yama? Now, I don't know a lot about Japanese mythology, but I know that King Yama is the name of the like afterlife judge figure in Dragon Ball, which uses a lot of Japanese mythology. Right. Gotcha. So he's like the Grim Reaper. Well, like St. Peter, I guess, would be our equivalent. St. Peter. You know, the guy who works the gate at heaven, judges you based on your deeds uh, in life. Right. Or Anubis, who would weigh your soul against a feather and see if you were good enough. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. Why would a French man say, I'll leave the rest to King Yama? Because this is a Japanese property. Gotcha. Understood. Good times. Polnareff walks away and is like, I got my revenge. Pretty quick revenge, though. That yep. Yeah, that seemed... Um, Five-ish episodes? Yeah. Seems a bit quick. Seems... Are you suspicious? Or you I am suspicious. Okay. I'm both suspicious and a bit weirded out. Because it just feels like, yep, I'm Polnareff. I won. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. I think, as you had predicted last time, I think more intuitively, if you were going to have one of these two guys escape, it would have been the one that one of the characters has a huge personal investment in fighting. Yeah, but... Apparently not. Apparently no. it's the one that no one knew until this point. <laughs> so, okay. I'm giving a thumbs up, but okay. And, you know, to get right to that point, after that break we cut ahead, it must be... Like an hour. Yeah, because they've gotten back to the main part of town. They have no car. And a horse is there, and he, his theme is playing, and he's like, Hold it! I finally caught up with you guys! And he manifests Emperor and then throws it into his other hand just to do some stylish bullshit. Hey man, I'm the best gunslinger there is. Yeah. Why are you walking so slow? If you're going to run, run. Right, Jay Guile? Looks around. Okay, this is oddly silent. He starts shooting bottles and windows and stuff, yep. creating lots of reflective surfaces. And he's like, are you going to come at us like with everything you got or die, guys? Come on. That's what they should do. Right, Jay Guile? All right, he should have responded by now. <laughs> and they... Polnareff sort of lazily steps on one of the glass shards that was at his feet. I think Jay Guile isn't going to respond. He's rather busy right now. Being sentenced in hell. Again, not the best one-liners coming out in this episode. And he's like, hmm? Hey, 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 hey. Don't bluff me. You can't beat him. Even I can't beat him. Your jokes suck, Polnareff. And they're like, his shitty body is like two or three thousand metres that way. Was it three thousand or three hundred? I think it was 3,000. So like three kilometres then. Yeah, which, I mean, they didn't have a car, so it's a fair walk. It's not undoable. It's a hot day though, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, th- two or 3,000 metres that way. You can go take a look if you want. And he's like, mm. okay, I will. And he legs it. He employs the JoJo strategy yeah, and runs like a motherfucker. He's running. And as he's running, he has an internal monologue. This I alluded to this last week about how I don't stand a chance by myself. I'm the type whose power only shows when I'm paired with someone else. Being number two is better than number one. That's whole horse's philosophy in life. And as he's running, we see sort of overlaid flashbacks of him shooting a guy down in an alleyway and meeting Dio and Enya. Mm. And he's always there just kind of with someone else Mm. as well. Because I think the one where he's shooting someone in an alleyway, he's got the hanged man with him. Maybe. I I didn't see, but it's perfectly possible. Yeah. As he rounds a corner and we just get a close-up of a fist heading towards his face and he just gets knocked down by Jotaro, who was just there. (laughs) Jotaro and Joseph are now... You know, with those two, you know that they were waiting behind that corner like, oh, this is going to be really cool. Get ready. Yeah, Joseph <laughs> is like, next he'll run away. Just hang on, hang and on. And Jotaro is like, 
Oh, I know. Cracks knuckles. You're my favourite grandson. This is going to be really cool, Grandpa. <laughs> so, aren't I your only grandson? You're still my favourite. So he's he's knocked on the floor, and they all stand over him, and they're like, "We buried Avdol's body. It was a simple funeral, but it, it was enough." Jotaro still has the uh, dark <laughs> eyes. Yep. He was stabbed by the hangman, but the cause of death was whole horse's bullet. What should we do with him? Ooh, I don't know. Maybe you should kill him. Yeah, well, Polnareff steps forward and gets ready to do that. And then he gets tackled by that woman from last week. <gasps> I think it was the same one. Yeah, it's definitely the yeah. same one, yeah. And she's like, run, run, sir, whole horse. And he's like, all right. <laughs> Can do. I'm running away because I love you. Yeah. Polnareff is on the ground with this woman struggling on top of him. And yep. everyone else is just standing there. And Polnareff is like, don't let him get away. And Jotaro just says, too late. And then we cut to whole horse on a horse, just rearing up. Maybe they, maybe they could have done something. They could have punched him to the ground again. Yeah. Or like held him. Well said, baby. I'll accept your feelings and live. I'm running away because I love you, baby. <laughs> Polnareff takes a few steps dragging this woman behind him, but he's gone. He is out of there. Bye, horse. And he was never seen again. This episode. Wouldn't that be great if he just never came back? Holy shit, that'd be hilarious. It's just like, we leave on him admitting that he's better as a number two and admitting that uh, he likes running away. Yeah. And that he's just like not ashamed to do it at all. It's like, bye guys, that was a wrap on Whole Horse. Peace out. (laughs) So the fight's over. They've neatly dispatched... Kind of two more stand users. <laughs> In a sense, for now. And they're like, Avdol's gone, but we have to keep going. It's been 15 days out of 50. Ooh. Ooh. That's like more than a fifth. Sure is. It's almost a quarter. Sure is. Damn. 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 TikTok, boys. It is a... No, it's not a quarter. It's over a quarter. And as they're talking, Joseph slowly is banned... Because uh, as Polnareff was dragging this woman, she cut her arm up on the floor. Yep. So Joseph is bandaging that now, mm-hmm. and we get a close-up of a tiny speck of blood fly from her arm onto his. And there's a little bit of remorse in her eyes. Uh, and they just keep talking, though, because who would notice that? That's surely not going to be a significant detail. Not for Polnareff, who is... Or- I and- think Polnareff is already covered in blood enough. So- yeah, well, his own blood. <laughs> yeah. No one makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> this is played for comedic effect. Polnareff basically goes on a big rant where he tells them not to do everything he's just been doing over the last episode. Come on, guys, we've got to get to Egypt. If we want to defeat Dio, our hearts need to be as one. We can't go off alone. That's when he'll come after us. Oh, fucking damn, Let's not get angry at each other. So good. Let's not show any remorse for the fact that I got Avdol killed let's in, not, in the long term. Let's not let stand users define our past. <laughs> and I keep walking and Jotaro's like, yare, yare. And then... And we get a close-up on... Joseph's? Arm? Well, first we get a close-up on, on the woman watching them leave. Yes, true. And then a close-up on Joseph's arm. And at this point, you were like, ooh. ooh. Oh, she's a stand And then something up. happened that made you just be like, wait, what? So... <laughs> because he's got this little pimple on his arm. Yeah, so what happened, right, is we get the close-up of the woman and I go, wait a minute. This lingering shot's got to mean something. This means that the blood is a stand. So then it zooms in on where the blood hit... Joseph's arm and the blood has sort of turned into a little pimple and then the pimple's mouth opens up <laughs> I just went to be continued what? 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 I was not expecting that sound <laughs> yeah gonna be a time yeah but before we get to that what were our highlights and lowlights for this episode hmm I reckon the highlight had to be uh the 
the bit where you realise that he could just jump into people's eyes. Mm. Because at that point you're like, oh, anything that's reflective. Yeah. And it's a good play of like, are you willing to stab a child in the face (laughs) or not? That is like a really good sort of, what would the hero do in this moral dilemma situation? Mm. There's one of those I really like in The Clone Wars. Um, Uh A bad guy takes um, this woman, Obi-Wan, has history with hostage and is like, what are you going to do? You could kill me, but then you'd be just as bad as me and she would hate you for that. And Obi-Wan is like grappling with this moral dilemma. Yeah. And then while that's all going on, Anakin, who has been on the same spaceship but hasn't been in this scene, just walks up behind him and stabs him in the back. <laughs> Classic. And he's like, what? I mean, he, he was going to get killed anyway. Heartily right? resolved that moral dilemma. Uh, for my highlight, I think there have been... There, this episode has a lot of really well-executed action sequences mm. uh, with really good musical accompaniment. For example, Takuin stealing that car and... Uh, <laughs> it's, all, it's all very quick. Yeah. I also really like most of Polnareff's speeches about how I am Jean-Pierre Polnareff and I'm going to get you. Yeah. Uh, so for my highlight, I'm going to choose... Just that last bit where he actually gets Jake Isle. Where he's like, I've been waiting years for this. Stab, 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 stab. It's a really nice moment of, um, what's the word? Not catharsis. Catharsis, yeah, that could be it. Okay. Um, where, you know, he's, he's achieved what he set out to do all this time and... And he's, he's done it. Yeah. He, he's finally done it. Mm-hmm. The bastard's done it. Low lights. Hmm. Hmm. What's weird is, though... <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that the whole episode just kind of it abruptly ends with him getting the catharsis? Mm. So I have to say, like, it's just the fact that it just happens. There's no build up to at last. This is where it all happens, and then like that moment of it's just kill him, move on. Yeah, it's just literally you're dead now. I'm out. There's no like gotta go deal with whole horse. Yeah, there's no like was it worth it? But I'm sure we'll get to that in a later yeah, episode. Like. I don't want to give too much away, but there are some future arcs that delve into the ramifications of a yeah. revenge quest. Yeah. And I imagine Polnareff is like, why am I still here? All right, Dio. <laughs> Probably got to kill Dio. For my money, uh, which I will take freely from the men near those ruins who said I'll give it to me. Uh-huh. I like most of Polnareff's righteous speeches in this one. Yeah. But the first one he does where he's like, no, Kakuin, that's not what you should say in this situation. Because he's saying it in those circumstances, it feels too staged. Mm. Where he's like, no, you should say something like this. Like what I'm saying now. I've been practicing for this for years. It's too formal, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a bit too like, don't worry, I've got this. Like, it's a cool, I planned it. It's a cool thing ago. to be talking about. No, it's cool, I got this. Mm. But I feel like I'd be more satisfied, as I am with the later speeches, if in this moment that's incredibly important to him, he is being less rehearsed yeah whereas in this one it's just like why is this happening why, yeah. why are you doing this but again not really much i don't like about this episode so it's just a damn good episode yeah. that means it's time for me uh-huh liam s smith mm-hmm. to ask you nick ballantyne that if is that me. is your real name it is what do you think is going to happen next time uh-huh. in the 12th episode yep. of jojo's bizarre adventure part three Starters crusaders <gasps> in the episode entitled yep the empress the Empress. Yeah. Ooh, that's one of the stands. Sure is. Huh. huh. No, they just they just meet an Empress. <laughs> it turns out this whole time, whole horse was just like, ah, yes, the Empress. <laughs> Classic. Okay. Okay. The Empress. The villain is whole horse wearing a dress. Hmm. Whole horse reappears in drag. It's the 80s. 
It's still not commonly acceptable. Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, hasn't reached the acclaim that it so should yet. <laughs> so, we are still in India. Yeah, they're still in India. We know that this girl has uh, put a stand blood mark on Joseph. So it appears. So, the Empress. All right, here's my theory. But that's just a theory. <laughs> Fucking hate that channel. Um, Jojo's theory. Ugh. Jojo theory. Jojo. I don't actually watch any of those sort of videos, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've got a Jojo theory. Jojo is Joseph. Oh, it all makes sense. Because you never see them in the same shot at the same time. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's like Fight Club. Anyway, so I'm thinking the Empress will be... You know how I thought the Hanged Man was going to be... Not the Hangman. Um, how there was someone a while ago that I thought would be controlling other people. Oh, yes. Um, the Temperance. Yeah. So this time I'm thinking this time it's just she can control multiple things from multiple places. Right. So maybe... So the... it'd be like she has this growth on Joseph's arm so now she can control his arm? May- yeah, maybe. I'm thinking that might be the case. And then if she gets another bit on someone else, then they mm. can control that arm. So instead of being like um, the giant yellow one... Temperance. Temperance. Yellow temperance. Yep. Uh, instead of being like the blob where it covers you and eats away at you, it's just, oh, I control your limb now. Yeah. Okay. But it's not going to eat away at them from the inside. It's going to be them pitted against each other. And themselves. Nice. Hey, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting. It's going to be that, the episode. Yeah. Or it'll be that she makes little minions uh, that she controls. So it's going to be a lot of people or a lot of little standy oh, yeah. dealies. So then the Empress has an army. Of little dudes. That's a good idea. Something like that. Although I do like the idea of just controlling limbs. Do you think that because it's on Joseph's arm, we'll get a Joseph-centric episode? Or because he's been the victim, he will be reduced to that victim role? Um, I reckon... Because Joseph hasn't really had any screen time, <laughs> like, in any of these episodes. Except for, oh, hey, Kakuin. Huh. Huh. You're here. That's odd. All right. Cool. Maybe we should get a pizza from room service. <laughs> like, that's been the screen time he's had, yep. right? So, it's probably more likely going to be, huh, I feel really weird. Oh, well. And then I'll, like, go to bed, and then it'll just feel weird. And then I'll be like, huh, there's this weird growth on my arm. Oh, no. And then everyone Oh, else, no. And then everyone else will converge, and he'll be like, well, look, I'll give my input, but fuck me. Right. Uh, the other thing I reckon that's going to happen is, we're not going to see Abdul reappear yet. Ooh. Because I reckon he's tell not... Tell me more, tell me more, does he have a cool scar? No, he don't, no, he don't. It got buried a lot. What? No. Okay, um... <laughs> uh, huh, huh. <laughs> uh, no, because I reckon Abdol isn't actually dead. Interesting theory. A right. Jojo theory. A Jojo. I reckon Abdol, even though we had the whole, yes, death never, you know, it's never so a dramatic Taro stood above his body and dramatically clenched his head wrap. Yeah. So, we never had that moment of real oh he's actually dead it was just like yeah we buried his body so i reckon i reckon he's just been put somewhere else and they're like yep he'll heal he's our ace in the hole we've taken him to the speedwagon foundation in secret they're gonna give him a bionic forehead to replace his wounded one (laughs) it's been done before so yeah i reckon if the germans could do it speedwagon foundation can do it or something like abdol will just reappear in a later episode and be like, yep, I'm back, guys. Turns out magicians can do anything they want. Um, the fire of life is back in my heart. 
Oh, by the way, I survived because... Um, I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just heated up the bullet infinitely. Unfortunately, it took me out a bit, so had to go slip for a while. But we buried you underground. Yeah, and fire burned the earth. I'm good. Oh, so you think everyone in the party thinks he's dead? No, no, I reckon Joseph and Jodoro know that he's not dead. Okay. But um, Kakuin and Polnareff won't for a while. Right. Nor will the viewer. Uh, so he'll pop up in a bit. <laughs> it's, it's probably not going to be next episode. I think next episode they're going to be like, this is weird. He'll take some there. me time. Yeah, there's going to be this weird growth on his arm, and then they'll deal if with that. If only someone could have burnt that off. Yeah. Maybe Dio will show up in a sneak attack, and then Abdol will reappear. Double there. sneak attack. Yeah. We've been waiting for you to show yourself, Dio. Look, I'm sucking the blood out of all of you. And then Abdol's there, like, well, no, not me, you dick. Because I don't. Fire! Have, they took out all my blood and replaced it with motor oil. <laughs> And now I'm just flames. <laughs> Magic flames. Okay, that seems pretty comprehensive. Yep. Uh, I'm going to be doing a thing for the next 14-ish episodes where I bookend our episodes at either end with the new author note at the start uh-huh. and the ones that we are catching up on from not having done them before at the end. Okay. So this is the author's note from the first volume of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. Put simply, the theme of this work is living. Through the two main characters, I want to examine two ways of living. It's all about singing the hymn of the battle between human and non-human. This work was made for your enjoyment. I hope you like it. Without further ado. And then we watched part one. Yeah. That's a lot more sort of down to earth and sincere than... So guys, prostitution. (laughs) (laughs) No, excuse me. There is nothing more down to earth than a good remark about prostitution. (laughs) It's the people's... Spirit? What? It's the people's prostitute, you know what I'm saying? It's the town bicycle. (laughs) Yes, it is the town hall mattress. Got some listener mail. Oh my god, yes. This letter comes from Bentonic. Good name. I was wondering if either of you lovely co-hosts had ever heard of The Seventh Stand User. It's a fan-made JRPG where you play the role of a student at Jotaro's school who recently awakened a stand and gets caught up in the crusade. There are multiple points where you can deviate from the canon storyline. If you dig around enough, you can even recruit Stroheim and Speedwagon. What? Mm, it's pretty what? crazy. The reason I bring this up is that the podcast is about to head into the Emperor slash Hangman arc, which contains one of my personal favourite deviations. Once Jay Guile reveals himself, you can simply choose to ignore the Hanged Man and just have Kakuin light Guile's ass up with emerald splashes <laughs> for the most anticlimactic fight in the series. <laughs> Overall, it's just a good time, and it's a great game for anyone who's familiar with Part 3, even if you're not a fan of JRPGs. I'd say it's worth it just for all the fun character interactions, such as Polnareff asking uh, Joseph to use Hermit Purple to spy on a girl he met, or Joseph reminiscing over a plate of spaghetti al Nero. (laughs) Keep up the good podcasting and best wishes from the US. Shit, that sounds amazing! So this game, I haven't played it myself, but I've seen some bits of it and read some things. Um, Hmm. If I recall correctly, it looks very much like a um, Game Boy era Pokemon game uh, right. in terms of character sprites and and things. Right on the on the map. On the map, like the the overworld, not not the battle screen. Hang on, wait, is this a video game or is this a yeah like... video game? Oh, oh, okay, interesting. So it's like an RPG kind of yeah, right like JRPG. Right. Some things I know about it that are interesting. One of the secret bosses in it is Ultimate Cars. Okay, yeah. He's apparently a real dick to fight. Yeah, I imagine he would be. As well as the villain from part four, isn't it? The, the villain from boss. part four? Yeah. Okay. I don't know all the details of this, but when you start the game, there are about, I don't know, 18-ish stands that you can end up with for your character, and you get them by filling out a personality test. 
which determines which one you get. Okay. Uh, and I don't. I think I can't remember all their powers, but there's I, at least one of them is a gun stand like emperor. Um, yes. But their names include things like Sonic Youth, uh, Pixies, Deep Purple. Deep Purple, yep. yes. Oh, Adam Ant is one. Adam Ant? Yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah, it's neat. <laughs> it's a good time. And there are, I've read about some of the alternate endings, but I'm not going to get into those because I don't want to I haven't give you any clues that. about what the actual ending might be. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems really cool. I started watching a Let's Play of it or reading a Let's Play of it a while back, but... I screenshot ones that really hold my attention so well. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of dropped off. But it's a cool thing and all the listeners check it out. I've heard that they're... I don't know if it's the same group, but some people were trying to do a equivalent slash sequel one for part four. I don't mm. know how far off the ground that got, though. I mean, that'd just be a, like, Persona game, effectively. <laughs> yeah, basically. It'd just be, hey, so I've only got, like, 50 days to get this shit done. Oh, well, I've got an assignment due. I can leave today. <laughs> I guess it is kind of Persona-y. Jo- like, much like JoJo's is in general, but mm. I believe there is also social mechanics between the different crusaders in the game, too. Oh, there you go. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now I really want to play Persona. I don't know if we were talking about this on the B-roll before, but I've been thinking of buying a PS4 recently, and Persona 5 is about to come out, so... You are on that there's that. train. You are on that train. I know Griffin McElroy really likes Persona 4, but I don't really know much about it. It's so Beyond the fact that you, like, go into the TV and meet a bear. Yes. Teddy. Who turns into an anime boy. Yes. Wait, does he? I think so, if you do his plot enough. Again, I don't really know the structure of it. You do, like, almost, like, dating sim type stuff in the day. Yeah, so... And then at night you go and have JRPG battles. So the way it works, right, is that in the day you basically say, okay, I can do three actions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and then one at night. So you say, okay, well, in the morning I'll go to drama club. Woo! Or I'll go to school because I have to. (laughs) Uh... In the afternoon, I either go to, like, a club, like, drama club. Because yeah. they keep saying, maybe you should join a club. Maybe I should join join drama club. And then it's just like, hey, maybe you should go out with that chick who has purple hair in drama club. Chie? No, she has brownish hair, doesn't she? Yeah, Chie is... But if you teach her bufu, you can use it in boss fights. <laughs> then die in your sleep. Then die in your sleep. Yeah, you do that. And then at night, you have the option to go into the midnight channel. Ooh. Yeah, I can't remember... Wait, you just have the option? Can you just not do any of the JRPG stuff and get a bad ending? Oh, yeah, you lose. I think, I, can't, I don't actually know because I never really tried. But... I think because it's, it's a murder plot or something, isn't it? Yeah, so the idea is that if you don't do it, there are these murders happening. And so your dad's the lead detective on it. And cool. Uh, you think it's connected to this mysterious midnight channel. It's one of those sort of quintessential Japanese urban legend things. Yeah, it's so Where good. it's like, I hear if you watch the TV at midnight, you'll see a ghost or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You see like uh, your friend's face. Except it's not your friend, it's what your friend wanted to be. Uh, and is that yeah. what a persona is? No, a persona is kind of like a stand. Uh, <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> so, uh, basically, everyone has a persona that they have. Uh, so, yours is like this giant, like, white knight kind of guy. Uh, one of your friends. Like Silver Chariot? <laughs> yeah, like Silver Chariot, except weirder, uh, somehow. Another one's like a dope angel. And you, like, get personas as, like, trading cards, and then you, like, blend them together to trading make Trading cards? Or yeah. tarot cards. Actually, they're probably more like tarot cards now I think about it. And then you, like, fuse them together to make other personas that make other stands that you can use in battle. Mm. Neat. Yeah, it's sort of like Pokemon meets JoJo's Bizarre Adventure meets uh, RPGs. But my favourite thing about it, right, is that uh, the quests that you do, quests. That like the dating sim quests, they have blocks. So as long as you do it, you succeed. But you just have to spend time with them. Okay. 
And then if is you... this that social link thing I've heard? Yeah. About? So if you have a stronger social link, then their things will level up. Right. And then you can be like, cool, let's do weird things with fusions. I didn't get far enough into it to fully know what the hell was going on. Okay. But... So there's a new one of those coming out. It's going to be so fucking good. Oh. Hasn't it been delayed like a dozen times? It has, yes. <laughs> Still time for it's it to be It's finally delayed. coming out. It's finally coming out. It's so stylish. And delicious. So ready. Uh, one of um, the guys from GameCloud is obsessed with it. He was like, if you go to PAX and there's one of those, like, cat dolls, get me one. One of those cat dogs? Yeah. Something, 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 cat dog. Wow, that was a really good rendition of a cat dog theme song. <laughs> Thank you. Look, guys, it's time we wrap this up. Aww. Uh, thanks for listening to JoJo's World, part three, Stardust Crusaders. <laughs> Episode 11, The Emperor and the Hanged Man, part two. The seconding. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, keep in touch if you like us. If you don't like us... You can go straight to hell. Suffer with the dude, King, King Yama. Yama. Good guy. He's a shit guy, but anyway. Where can they reach you? On the Twitter or the... Oh, thing. JoJo's podcast on both. Oh, nice. Both platforms. You guys know. You, you, you're you not going to start at episode 36 or whatever. You don't know You that. know. <laughs> you know. It's on the webpage. Dead to me. <laughs> uh, see you next time, guys. To be continued. To be continued? Podcast? Podcast. 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 Pod races. Now this is podcasting. Now this is pod racist. Wizard. Wizard? Yeah, that's an exclamation of joy they use in Star Wars. Is it? Your pod's looking pretty wizard, Annie, says Kidster, uh, or the kid who they may have originally intended to grow up into Greedo. Do you reckon maybe uh, they meant whizzed? But then when the kid read it, he's like, oh, wizard, gotcha. Well, no, because wizard is a word. Yeah, wizard's a word. Like, uh, I think Owen Lars calls Kenobi an old wizard. Yeah, but I don't think he calls him that as a good thing. No. I think he's like, he's just an old wizard, that man. Don't know why he sounds like that. Your sorcerer's ways have no sway here, Vader. Choke, 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 choke. (laughs) Okay, back to the Death Star. These terrible, terrible Star Wars children's books from Legends mm-hmm. um, called the Jedi Prince series or something. Jedi Prince. And they're all really terrible. Okay. And they all have like really shoehorned in environmental messages. Okay. Uh, but the first one is called The Glove of Darth Vader. And it begins with our friends Luke, uh, C-3PO and R2-D2. Mm-hmm. Or Luke sending C-3PO and R2-D2 to infiltrate a Mothrance on Kessel. Okay. Which is... All the remaining moths after the Empire was the Emperor was killed. Oh wait, I think you may have told me um, about this. Meeting up to have a conference yeah. or mothrance, a conference of moths. That's right. So they come in and they all look ridiculously evil, and one of them has blaster earrings. Don't they have like um like a weird ritualistic like vibe to them as well? Well, the traditional mothrance. Uh, Hello. Yes, here is it is. to come in and yeah. say, Dark greetings, That's everyone. Oh, no. We're a legitimate governing authority. <laughs> so there's this three eyed um, guy called uh, Trioculus <laughs> who claims to be the Emperor's son. Who was writing this? I can't remember. He has three eyes. What should we call him? What about Tri. 
trioculus. But that's the rub, because trioculus, who has three eyes on the front of his head, uh-huh. isn't really the emperor's son. What? The emperor's real son is called Triclops, and his third eye is on the back of his head. Is that real? Yes. It's... Okay, now I understand. And he was a pacifist. Now I understand why we did Legends, <laughs> basically. 